A very warm welcome to The Early Retirement Show, the show dedicated to helping you navigate the nuances of an early retirement, a non-traditional retirement. Now let's get right into the episode so we can learn how to retire early. Welcome back to The Early Retirement Podcast. I'm your host, Ari Taubelieb, and today we are going to be talking about how you can build the best portfolio for your goals. The questions that I'm going to answer today are, are you invested the right way? Am I owning the right types of investments for my goals? Where do I even start when it comes to designing the optimal portfolio, not just for retirement, but just where you are in your stage of life? How do you start thinking about that? Maybe you're a few years out from retirement. Maybe you're, say, 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 plus years away from that retirement word, which if you've been listening to this podcast long enough, you know it's not that word that I love. What I love is financial freedom. When are you in a position where if you love what you do, great, keep doing it. But if you don't love what you do, when are you in a position where you no longer need to, when it's truly optional? So as a reminder, all of this and more is on my YouTube channel where I make content that sometimes is a little bit easier to follow along when I'm going through numbers and specifics. Other than that, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, I know I do get a ton of messages from you guys saying, Ari, I love listening when I am working out or when I'm on my way to work. Great. I will continue to make the episodes here. You do not have to worry about the show leaving to YouTube for any reason. I did get one comment saying, don't stop podcasting. I don't like YouTube. To those people, totally fine. I will continue to do the podcast, but please know I'm on YouTube as well. And if this podcast has been helpful whatsoever, I do kindly ask that you leave a review, hopefully a five-star review if it's been helpful, and you rate the show as that's how more people continue to find it so they can retire early. Thank you for all of that. And what I want to say next is when it comes to designing a portfolio, there's a few steps and what I'll say is a few pieces of noise. And there is so much noise when it comes to investing of how much should I have in stocks and how much should I have in bonds? And should I have bonds? And when does it make sense to have cash? And what's too much cash? And there's just a ton of noise out there. So my goal is in the next 5, 10, 15 minutes, you have a very simple way of understanding how do you design a portfolio. So step number one of the five steps I'm going to go through today is don't try to outsmart the market. And over the past 20 years, out of all of the U.S. active fund managers that exist, from 2000 to 2019, only 41% of them are still in existence today. Today. Now, when I say that, some people go, all right, what about the other 59%? Well, the 41% that are still in existence today, they did not outperform. That They're just still employed, which means 59% of them are completely out of business. And of those that exist, only 22% of them beat the market. So the most highly intelligent people even they rarely outsmart the market, and even fewer do so consistently. So that 22% that beat the market, that's wonderful, and if you could get that every single year, I'd be the first person to say, hey, who is picking that? But on average, those people will beat the market, but it's not on a consistent basis, and that's the key here. The way that you win in retirement and really in your financial life is not by hitting a big home run, but by hitting a bunch of singles and doubles. And for those of you who are baseball fans, that'll resonate. For those of you that that might enjoy fishing, of which I don't imagine there are too many of you. I'm not a fisherman myself, but the example that I share with my clients and really people who reach out to us to go through a process is I'll say, if you're going fishing, you could try to go cast that line and get that one big marlin and you might get it or you might miss and you might come up with a piece of trash or you can say, do we cast a wide net, realizing that there are going to be some fish in there that aren't winners, but the majority of them are, and that's what we're investing in, and that averages between 6, 8, 10% growth over time, depending on how, of course, you build the portfolio. 
So the key here is understanding what is it that you're hoping to get out of your portfolio? Is it maximum growth? Is it preservation? It completely depends, but we start with understanding, great. Now that we know we don't want to outsmart the market, step two is determine what types of investments outperform over time. So not just, hey, let's do nothing, but let's understand, great. Historically, those who try to essentially pick and try to outperform the market, they just lose. So what does perform well? Well, stocks outperform bonds over time. So if you want more growth over time, well, then owning more stocks is going to allow for what I would call a greater probability to do so. Looking at the past is great. It's helpful, but it just doesn't tell us that's going to happen in the future. It's just there's nothing else to go by. So that's what we use as a starting spot. Now, if we look at investing in stocks, most people stop there. They don't think about the fact there's small companies. There are mid-sized companies. There's large companies. And our goal is to understand what are all of those different companies and how do they play a role in your portfolio? For example, you might have heard of value versus growth stocks. Well, value stocks historically outperform growth stocks over time. Over the past 10 years, growth has performed tremendously well, but value companies have actually outperformed even growth companies when we look at history. So bonds, they provide capital preservation, which is wonderful, but when markets are fluctuating, even like this year, historically, bonds, you would think, would provide more stability. But this is when really the financial planning comes into it, The what I'll call blend of art and science, is if we just look at the science of it, we can go historically, here's how they've performed. But if you needed money this year to live off of, well, if you just own bonds, you would have been hit really hard because you need to pull from that account to live off of, plus the price has gone down. So now you're going, oh my gosh, was this the right decision? And that's the last thing I want you to consider and then make what we really call an emotional call based off of your income needs. I don't want my clients to ever have to minimize their standard of living. I want them to understand how do you build the right portfolio so that even in the short term when it's not fun, when the market fluctuates, you go, hey, I have enough in conservative assets to not have to worry. Step number three here is constructing a portfolio that meets your needs. You may want small companies, you may want big companies or international companies or value stocks or growth stocks or government bonds or corporate bonds or maybe all of them, but it depends on your goals, which is the key word there. If your goal, if you said, Ari, my goal is to generate income, well, your portfolio should look completely different than an individual hoping to maximize their returns or prepare for a first-time home purchase. Invest in things that you think will provide ultimate peace of mind. Some of my clients say, hey, Ari, I want a portion of my portfolio in cryptocurrency. And to those people, I say, great, what's the goal here? And they'll say, well, I want to make sure I can retire and this is the future. And I'll say, great, but if we own too much of that, well, now we are subjecting ourselves to what we would call unnecessary risk. Because if you tell me and we go through a planning process that you have a pension, you have social security, you have rental income, maybe you have other sources. Well, if that's the case, and you don't need income, I'll be the first to say, hey, we can almost put these investments in a different category because we're not living off those assets. But odds are those who are listening to this podcast enjoy understanding what are the nuances to building a retirement plan. And what I think through when building this for my clients is what provides ultimate peace of mind? Is it having diversification throughout all of equities, meaning, yes, a portion is in tech and a portion is in growth and a portion is in value and a portion is in blend. You might hear that, go, Ari, 
yeah, that's helpful. I know I need to diversify, but what I care about is meeting my income needs. I want to be able to travel. I want to be able to go on vacation. I want to be able to spend time with children. I want to be able to step away from work 5, 10, 15 years earlier than those who traditionally reach out and think about financial planning and go through a process to understand when they can retire. Well, if that is you and you're going, hey, I just want to know when am I in a position where work is now optional? Well, then what I would invite you to do is really think about what is the end goal? Is it being diversified well in your portfolio or is it a successful life? And then essentially, once you know, yes, this is my goal, how do you align the portfolio with that? As opposed to doing the opposite, which many people I speak with do, is they will say, hey, Ari, my goal is to see how much money I can make. And I'll say, well, why do you want to make so much money? And they'll say, well, I want to make sure I can retire early. I'll say, great, I want you to retire early. What's most important to you about an early retirement? They'll say, well, I don't like my job. And then I'll say, well, what if you had a job that you enjoyed but it paid you a whole lot less. Would you continue doing that? They go, yeah, well, I'm not going to stop working entirely. I just want to know when can I no longer do this job? I'll say, oh, if that's the case, well, I don't want you to sacrifice quality of life today. And they'll say, well, I'm taking two, three jobs right now because I want to make sure I can retire earlier, never have to work again. Well, if that's you, then great. But odds are the people that I speak with, just so you're, you're aware of this, is that they don't say, oh my gosh, I hate my job. It's when can I be in a position where I don't need to do this? It's not one of those things that really crushes them. Now, there are some clients, I will say, who say, all right, tell me when I can be done yesterday. And to them, I'll say, great, let's work through the process. Does it mean investing a little bit more for growth? It very well may be. But if you tell me, Ari, that doesn't let me sleep at night, well, then we're missing the whole purpose of why we're doing this, which is to provide that peace of mind. So we have to start with what is the goal and then build the portfolio as opposed to let's build this portfolio. What stocks, what bonds do you recommend? And then say, oh, by the way, I want to retire at 65. Or by the way, I want to make sure that I can send my kids to college and not have to worry about that. Or whatever the goal is, we have to build that secondary, which is why when people reach out to us as a process, number one is we find out, hey, are we a good fit? Do we find there's even potential to work together? If not, great, let's learn that up front. Second, that's when we go through the, okay, let's understand what is your goal before we come back with the recommendation. Now, the fourth thing that we look at here is rebalancing. Let's assume that you have a 50% stock portfolio, 50% bond portfolio. In over a year, you've been investing and the weight of that portfolio has now adjusted because the market has adjusted and now you have 60% stocks, 40% bonds. So your $100,000, hypothetically, it was $50,000 in stocks, $50,000 in bonds. It's now $60,000 in stocks, $40,000 in bonds. Well, rebalancing The purpose of doing that is it includes selling stocks and buying bonds in order to reach that desired allocation for your goals. Why do we do this? Well, number one, it rebalancing minimizes risk and it enhances returns over time. But more importantly to me, that's almost the financial answer. What's most important to me is taking that into account, but understanding, hey, what is the goal? Is the goal 50-50 for 50-50 sake? Because a lot of people reach out and say, hey, Ari, I'm in a 60-40 portfolio because I know that's the historically safest thing to do. Well, what if you didn't need any of that money because you had a pension and you had social security and you're working? Well, if that's the case, you don't need this money to live off of, there's an argument that you could be 100% stocks. On the other hand, if you said, Ari, I have no other income sources and I'm living off of all of this income, well, there's an argument that You should have, of course, a portion growing for you over the long term, but you should have a heavier weight to having assets you can pull from today that aren't going to fluctuate as much. So what I say when it comes to rebalancing is when do you need the money? When you should rebalance completely depends also on market conditions. I don't believe in, hey, we're going to quarterly do a rebalance or semi-annually do a rebalance because that's what we should do. What if the market hasn't changed at all? What if the market, instead of 
having 50,000 in stocks, 50,000 in bonds. What if you now have 51,000 in stocks and 49,000 in bonds? Should you do a rebalance and incur potential trading costs from doing so? Does it make sense to do that? Is there enough of a change where actually looking at the math that makes sense as a potential benefit? Very well may do. Now, let's look at the other hand. What if the market is very volatile and all of a sudden, in two weeks, you now have 70% stocks, 30% bonds. And we determined at the beginning, once again, you wanted 50-50. Well, now your portfolio is completely out of sync with your goals. And I would say, hey, let's do a rebalance. And that's not on a quarterly schedule. That's not even on a biannual. That is saying, hey, we should look at the portfolio on a one-off custom basis to determine based on your goals, when should we make any actions? Um, The fifth one here, and this is a big one, is to not let your emotions drive the decisions. Now, I know you've probably heard that term a lot, but what I really want to harp home on is the fact that there's an example here. And that example is that from February 2020 to April 2020, the stock market dropped 35% in five weeks. Now, most investors saw their portfolio go down and, and thought to themselves, can I get out while I can? And then I'll buy back in at another time. And the odds are, if there's anyone you know at that time who said, hey, Ari, I sold out. Well, I would say, and this is, of course, just based off my experience, I would say that you might think, okay, is this someone who knows something I don't? Or are they outsmarting the market? Are they doing something that I should be doing? Why aren't I making a change? And the reality is those people have likely not bought back in because they're waiting for the perfect time, which does not exist. So 2020, I love to use as an example because it was the fastest ever decrease in the history of the stock market. But we also saw the fastest rise in the history of the stock market where the S&P 500 ended the year in 2020 up 16%. So as an overview, don't try to outsmart the market. Determine what types of investments outperform over time. Construct a portfolio that meets your needs. Balance when and if it's appropriate, and don't let your emotions drive your decisions. Those are the five basic steps when you're saying, I want to build a personalized investment plan. Those are what I think through. That is it for today's episode. Once again, please do continue to rate and review the show if this has been helpful at all. I love that these podcasts are free. Um, I don't put any ads on these podcasts because I don't want you to be interrupted during the show. And I really hope that it has been helpful. You can always submit a question and I will look to answer it in a future episode. Once again, I will see you all next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Early Retirement Show. If you have a question that you want answered in a future episode, you can always go to my website, earlyretirementpodcast.com. That's earlyretirementpodcast.com. And you can go ahead and submit a question that I'll look to answer in a future episode. Thank you all for listening. Please do rate it, review it, and share it with someone who you think would benefit from this information if there's anyone out there that you know. I certainly appreciate it, and I will see you all each week. Hey guys, it's me again. Please be smart about this. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as financial, tax, or legal advice. Consult with your tax preparer or financial advisor before taking any action. This podcast is for informational purposes only.